0: Beginning transmission eighty four, Marvel sixteen oh two, Final under November holidays.
1: Come
0: on, you fuckers! Think that just because a guy reads comics, he can't hurt some shit? i fuck about to take all you want. Welcome to this week's episode of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. Ignore She drinks. Each week a motley band of comic readers slash amateur bar. Tenders attempt to pair comic with comic books. All while trying to not sound like a complete morons in the process. Find these idiots on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. what? You read too many comic books. <laughs> we now join Brian, Jeremiah, Adam, and Todd. They're used to curious sites
2: which they attribute to alcoholic
0: delusions. They may be drinkers, Robin, but they're also human beings. I'm too sober for this shit.
2: Hey, welcome to episode 84. This week we are celebrating Thanksgiving with a semi-appropriate, but we'll get into that in final grades. Whether or not it's actually appropriate for Halloween or Thanksgiving. Wow, I'm sorry. Uh, Thanksgiving, uh, we are reading 1602 this week. We have our full staff here. Uh, We will start with the Utah boys. We have Mr. Maya.
1: Hey, guys. uh, My name's Jeremiah. You can catch me uh, right here on Funny Books and Firewater. You can also catch me soon on the Breaking Babylon podcast, uh, where we go through with someone that had never seen Babylon 5 before and watch the show, and you can watch along with us. Uh, And you can catch me at Dr. Volt's Comics every now and then uh, if you're in Salt Lake City, 2043 East, 3300 South. Uh,
2: open seven days a week Seven days a week in Utah, that's a sin It's
1: uh, not a sin, it's uh, smart
2: Actually, he- Heavenly Father's fine with it if you go to Costco on Sunday.
1: Oh, is it Costco?
3: Yeah. Damn it Yeah, no, Costco's fine because I was there the other day and it was like I thought, oh, I'll go on a Sunday because it won't uh-huh. be as busy Because we, we actually have like, the world's biggest Costco two blocks from my house uh, No, no, that was oh, not yeah? the case
4: Those damn Mormons need to go back to church
2: Well, you also are in the sin city of Salt Lake City this is true. I, I, we are in East Stabbington. Stabbington. Okay. Well, the mayor of East Stabbington, at least as far as Foursquare says, we have Adam.
3: Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Adam. I'm a film critic and reviews editor for Big Shiny Robot, uh, as well as the uh, co-host of the Board as Hell podcast with Andy Wilson. Hi Andy. Hi, Andy. Hey, Andy. I also curate our Grinder and Scruff accounts, so hey. if you see us on there. Uh, if someone funny books on there, that's yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, just b- busy working and uh, getting ready for winter because we just fell back. This is, you know, because this is, again, being done in the, in the past and still used to getting dark at 5 p.m. But, oh, well.
4: That'll be so much worse after this week.
3: Yeah, so much worse. And I have so many fucking video games to play right now, it's, it's disgusting. Yes, yeah, so,
1: I'm, I'm right there with you. I've
3: got like five video games I picked up in the last week and it's just, it's not a good thing.
1: That's this time of year, every year.
2: <laughs> yep. I would feel sorry for you, but I don't feel sorry for you. It's called First World Problems. Right? Yeah, really- it
4: really is a First World Problem.
2: Uh, speaking of First World Problems, we also have Todd.
4: Hi, I'm Todd. You can find me on this podcast here. I'm also at Lucky 13's, often on Wednesday nights, seeming to lose to Michael Beck yet again. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> I also am a listener of Adam's podcast with Andy. Hey!
3: Huh. Hi, yeah. hi, Andy.
4: That's right. So enjoy that. And yeah, that's about where I'm at. And that's where you can find
2: me. Awesome. And hey, I am uh, Brian. I am a uh, sound designer in uh, Southern California who is very sick and sounding very strange. My brain is not totally working. So I apologize for whatever strange things come out of my head today. So this week we are reading uh, 1602, which is a sort of reimagining of the Marvel Universe back in good old Elizabethan times. So I I found this very interesting. And I think this actually is an interesting precursor to this story. So I found out, like, I don't know if anybody else knew this, but when they were going to write this book, basically they talked to Neil Gaiman about trying to do, like, a big Marvel crossover sort of event, or, like, at least a big Marvel Universe book. And he was interested in it, but as he was prepping for it, it is when September 11th happened in 2001. And so he decided that he 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 wanted to do this comic, but he didn't want to have any buildings or skyscrapers or airplanes or any sort of modern battle. Like, he wanted to have something that didn't feel uh, like it... It just It was just too soon and too... Um, prescient and he just didn't want to do anything that way and so I guess he was on a trip to Venice and he kind of got this idea of like how and the, the quote was the past seemed very close at hand as to how the past and the present were you know not necessarily as, as separated as much as you would think that they were and so that's part of the reason why he was inspired to write this uh, odd series of uh, you know Marvel characters back in 1602 which uh, has also led into a couple of spinoffs there is the um, the Fantastic Four and The New World, um, and Spider-Man. Spider-Man, yeah. Spider-Man as well. So yeah, but we are focusing our attention this week on the uh, original OG Neil Gaiman 1602, and to do so, we will have to go with a drinking game. And now for sports.
0: Listen up, sports fans. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. Remember, it's only a game, and a not one at that... So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly.
2: Uh, let's see. Maya, do you want to go first? Yeah. Uh,
1: mine's called, uh, he's a witch. Burn him. Uh, anytime okay. they mention the word witch breed or someone says witch breed, take a drink.
2: Awesome. Mr. Todd.
4: Mine is um, called, hey, that's not a mister. Every time they say <laughs> uh, Master Gray. <laughs> In reference to Jean Grey, and we all know better, you should take a drink.
2: Yeah. Uh, okay. Spoilers. I know. Well, that's whatever. right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> mine, I <love> sick <laughs> uh, mine is uh, witness protection program, which is every time you realize that the hero's name has been changed, to take a drink, because sometimes you'll read a character and you suddenly realize, oh, it's this because their name is that. Like uh, without spoiling it, uh, Peter Parker is like parkour like they they added a bunch of french letters on the end of it um and <laughs> wow. uh Parquois or something like that um, parkour peter parkour. Parkour. parkour which is fitting you all know parkour. that really is a good name Peter
4: that would be actually that does awesome. work well
2: it really would that is going to be someone's new name like they're going to put internet videos out there as peter parkour and they're going to dress up as spider-man and go do parkour if you steal that idea, just give us credit. That's all I ask. Dude, uh, that's legit. <laughs> I know, that's a good idea. It's a damn good idea, actually. Uh, if we did the Geek Show thing and named our uh, episodes weird things, this episode would be called Peter Parkour. Uh, mm-hmm. Parkour! That's
3: Parkour! actually one of my favorites.
2: And So has anyone ever read The Dresden
3: Files? Yes. Uh, the, uh, it's about, there's a, it's a wizard who's also a private eye, and it's about his misadventures, and it, it's a great series. There's like si- at least 16 books in the series, um, and Harry Dresden's the main character. But there's a couple books where he's like, Every time he jumps over something, he goes, parkour, parkour. He's got this little, like, <laughs> spirit that, like, helps him to live in a skull. Like, and he's like, I
2: don't think you're supposed to say it when you do it.
3: <laughs> well, I do parkour shit. I do there's, parkour shit. Uh,
2: there's an episode <laughs> of The Office where they discover parkour. And they're yeah. just, like, rolling around on the couches yelling parkour everywhere they go. And then uh, Andy nearly kills himself by jumping into what he thinks is. He thinks he's going to jump onto a refrigerator box. And ends up jumping into an empty refrigerator box and nearly kills himself.
4: So. <laughs> Go, Andy.
2: Um, and he's nearly killing himself. What is your drinking game, Adam? So mine is, uh, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord in
3: vain. Every time they mention the Lord, God, or the church, you have to take a drink.
2: Shit, I am sorry. I am sick and my brain is fucking fried. And I'm like, wait, where So
1: you're where doing am lightning I? round, right? <laughs> yes. I want to get him do lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
2: could, I could do what I would do. I'd just fucking read it off of Wikipedia. That's what I would do. Uh, let's, I'm almost 10 that because this book is so dense Like <laughs> <It looks laughs> so so That is so the
4: word hard. Brian and I used earlier yeah, That
2: is true actually um, Well then that actually is a decent segue For what I was completely forgetting to do Which is we are going to go into our votes As to whether or not this is worth You readers time and energy To actually read it
0: vote for Pedro. So I've been asked by the judge To be the
2: vote for Pedro. And I want y'all to know that we's gonna run A fair jury
1: and a clean jury
0: It's time for a vote Because we love you. And we don't want to waste your money. We will now vote on whether this week's book is fit for human consumption by you. Our dear listener. Along with each vote, our panel will also provide one piece of evidence to support their vote. Vote for Pedro. Do you expect me to talk? Vote for Pedro. No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. There is nothing you can
2: talk to me about that I don't already know. Uh, so start with mr todd on his fancy new microphone
4: you know the answer is if you are familiar with the marvel characters not insanely so but you've got a decent understanding then yeah it's kind of it's a fun story yes
2: i will say i will agree with that i would i would specify it as if you are familiar with the marvel characters at least to the point of being aware of what their secret identity names are that's more mm-hmm. important than almost anything else in the story. Um, on top of that, though, I did find it to be a, a pretty fun read, although it is dense and it is a slow burn. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's a worthwhile reading. Um, mm-hmm. Mr. Maya, uh,
1: yeah, I think it's worth a read. Um, I've always been a fan of uh, like alternate universe stories. I love a lot of the uh, like else worlds that DC does. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just kind of go along with what you guys just said. You know, if you're if you're familiar with the Marvel Universe, uh, absolutely. And you and you like something, you want something a little out of continuity that's that's on its own, uh, absolutely.
3: And Adam, uh, definitely. Again, this this isn't a beginner's book. You know, we talked before about books you can kind of jump into, no matter what your background with comics is. Uh, like everyone said, if you if you know the characters, if you're familiar with who they are. Uh, and the kinds of their backgrounds, then you'll have a lot more fun. Uh, but I love it. It's one I read a long time ago, and it was a lot of fun to revisit because there's a lot here, and I'd forgotten a lot of it, so it's it's, it's a fun
2: read. Does anybody else, I mean, I've, I've given you my useless fact about uh, the history behind this book. Does anybody else have anything they would Hello. like to add before uh, we attempt to read this book? Uh, I'm, no. I'm I,
4: mean, I mean, Neil Gaiman wrote it, so if you're familiar with Neil Gaiman, great. If you're uh-huh. not familiar with Neil Gaiman, I mean, everything he writes is like a Pretty prose, yeah, poetry almost level. So it there's is, that, and
2: it is dense. It will take you a good full solid afternoon to read through this. It probably, it's not a quick read, uh, but ultimately I think it's worthwhile. So, well, cool. Yes, I'm hearing that too, Adam. Oh shit! It's my pressure cooker. <laughs> This episode ooh, is a fucking we disaster all over the place. It's <laughs> yeah, amazing. Let's,
3: let's, let's quickly move into a different room because, yeah, that's not going to
2: go away for a while. So hang on. Do uh, so, you want to go in my room? Yeah, we in your room. Ooh, kinky. Well, while they go Whoa. into their room, we're going to let you take going to let yeah. you take the time to go um, and read the book. Um, mm-hmm. We will be pressure cooker free when we come back, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, I we're try to do
1: a, that so. <laughs> By the way, hopefully, be a, you, if you're a little less disaster. You were missing yeah. out on the amazing smells that are coming
2: from this. Oh, I'm sure. The I'm amazing sure. smells. I'm sure it smells mighty tasty, but, oh my god, like.
4: That'd be a good band name, The on. Amazing Smells. We oh, are The fuck.
2: Amazing Smells. Do you know what I just realized today, uh, or yesterday? Do you know what, um,. Wendy's has added, which for me, I just thought this was fucking awesome. They have what? a thing called Awesome Sauce. It's my juice. Awesome Sauce? They have a thing called Awesome Sauce. If you order the chicken tenders now, you can order them with Awesome <coughs> Sauce. And it's not bad. It's not great. I wouldn't actually say it. it's awesome. So ironically, Awesome Sauce is not awesome, but there is such a thing as Awesome Sauce now.
4: Well, I saw Arby's <coughs> did like a venison round where you could like get venison at Arby's and now they're advertising like deep fried turkey. At Arby's, really?
2: Fuck you! Yes, yeah, yeah. Arby's is trying to go this route where they're going to be like the exotic meats, like rest- the fast we food We have restaurant. the meats. Yeah, yeah. That's why you're lucky thirteen. I was gonna say they're gonna be the lucky thirteen of fast food restaurants. <laughs> or Something. <laughs> yeah. Also, does anybody ever see the Freshman? The movie. Anybody remember that movie? oh yeah. <laughs> Matthew Broderick? Yeah, Matthew Broderick and um uh was it not, uh was it De Niro or not no, De Niro? No, uh, Hot no. Hot 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 Hot. no. The,
3: the Freshman doesn't. Was- no. You, you, oh yeah, it was um, That was The Graduate
4: The Graduate was um, And it
2: was uh, What's, his what's name? Hoffman What's Hoffman uh, it's, it's, uh, it's Matthew Broderick And it's Famous fucking actor Marlon Brando, Marlon
4: Brando. A, yeah. Oh Nope Never seen it
2: Okay, so Basically what it is Is it's this kid Who is a freshman At NYU uh, Played by Matthew Broderick and he is working for this guy who he believes to be a mobster, and he's sort of doing this side intern job. And he keeps going to the airport for this mobster and picking up these exotic animals. Sorry, and I'm gonna spoil the shit out of this. So if you don't, if you want to eventually watch this movie, just skip ahead, and we'll be back with the lightning round in a minute. But I'm just gonna tell the story anyway. Um, <laughs> but so, um, so he thinks that what the guy is doing is actually hosting this um, big like dinner for people to eat exotic animals or animals on the endangered species list, right? Well, so what actually is happening is, is that this mobster is basically eating these rich people to pay him money that he then uses to import exotic animals, donates them to the zoo, but then cooks all these really fancy meals out of chicken, and then serves it to them, which is why everyone always thinks everything tastes like chicken, is because that's basically what he's been serving them. We're going
3: back out there because the reason why the pressure cooker was making that weird noise was because the top was on wrong, so... It's no longer making
1: noise. <laughs> um, also, I love the fact that you were like, sorry if I spoiled this almost 30-year-old movie for you.
2: It's not that old. Yeah, it is. 1990. It kind of is. 90? 1990. 1990. Well,
1: that that's doesn't make 27. That's
2: 27 years old. That's not 30. I said
1: almost 30-year-old no. movie.
2: Yeah, but almost 30 years old makes me feel fucking old saying that movie's almost 30 Guess years old. That's what you are. Shut the fuck
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there. Uh, aren't we all? Thirty-three. I had a friends 30 today's Like Tuesday. when I was younger,
4: I would plan three, five, ten years from now. My current plans are six months from now because who knows how much longer I've got. <laughs> Thank
1: got. God, I'll be thirty-seven on Friday. What? Whoa.
2: Yeah. Are you the oldest person on the podcast? I think so. Yeah. And Adam and Adam and I share a birthday week. hmm I thought I was the oldest. I, I thought I was older than you, Adam. I didn't older realize that. I'm thirty-six. Yeah. Yeah. I'm older than Todd by eleven days. You'll That's right, you'll Mark. but it
4: makes him a Pisces and I'm an Aries. Well, fuck you, you old bitch. <laughs> sure. Suck it, Trebek.
2: <laughs> Suck it, Trebek. Wolf. <laughs> okay. Well, enough of the sidetracking. Go fucking read this book. We all seem to like it. You know it. <laughs> we'll yeah, what what we'll we, we, we leave Before all we that see? in.
1: <laughs> I didn't realize we were still recording there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: i'm always still recording i'm sorry i'm sick this is gonna be a fucking mess
4: (laughs) shit show it's gonna be good me
2: feel better dude i've been sick
3: for a solid Uh, month so i'm hoping this will my thing is like every single december something bad happens to me so i'm hoping that was my october this year because again i was sick for a fucking month normally i'm sick for all of december or like i trip and fall on ice and like kill myself so,
0: if you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait.
2: I sometimes have this dream of getting a side job at a comic shop, but I also feel like I would never go home with any of my money, or I would have a hole besides of Mayas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like your hold of Doctor Volts, I think, is bigger than my actual collection. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although, okay, so my I'm gonna see. I want to get your opinion. I told Todd this is my goal for the coming year, and I'm gonna see if you guys think this is actually coming doable. Year. So, yes, for the coming year, I'm going to come mm-hmm. this year. It's gonna cool. be amazing. Um, I So today. I currently have uh, 726 comics in my collection, or trades in okay. my collection my goal is to by the end of 2018 30, not have no i don't i don't want to do that i don't i don't want to break 800 I, but i honestly now that i really look at that number i don't even know if that's possible you know what i mean because mm-hmm. that's that still is like if i only bought like one trade a week that mm-hmm. would get me okay close i, I, I think it's possible it's i don't know
1: get rid of some stuff you'll
2: break 800 no, yeah, that's the thing. Is I don't want to break it, though. I don't want to. I still have stuff from you that I haven't finished reading yet. Get on it. Like, I haven't finished reading all your Ninja Turtles yet. I got oh, three more trades so of that.
0: so
2: good. It ebbs and flows for me. Like, I like some of the storylines, and then it kind of... it Like, it gets good, and then it kind of mm. settles down, and then it gets good, and it kind of settles down. Anyway, we we're back on us. track. I swear to God. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. This is the most rambling... See, this... I should not Do you need to take a drink, drink
4: now because you just swore to God? oh no, that was burned uh, the witch. Speaking of oh,
2: drinks. No, that yeah, we could jump into <laughs> cocktails right now. My cocktail is uh, is uh, NyQuil. Uh, no, it's not.
4: NyQuil uh, and Sudafed.
2: NyQuil and Sudafed. I love the combination. No, I'm on... Uh, what is that stuff? Mucinex, which is sexy shit. Like, you know, like that. <laughs> that really makes you hork up along. Like, that's... If you want to be attractive to whatever sex you're interested in, take some eucinex and just hork up along right (laughs) and just really gross nasty spit it out there land it on your sleeve as you cough that's the way to attract people right there you want to you exactly what i'm saying you that? that that my friends in podcast land is how you get a date that's how you're like yeah like so for those of you like twinkerbell if you haven't found yourself a boy at college yet that's what i'm telling you man Get one of yourself, get yourself like, a little bit of cold, maybe pneumonia if you're really feeling really sexy. Start mm. taking some use next. You will have the boys come a-running.
0: For <laughs> you, Twinkerbell.
2: How you doing, buddy? Good to see I, you. I guess that does kind of uh, loop things up. It does, Ooh, does no. doesn't it? Can we please just fucking get into the lightning round? God damn it. Michael,
3: <laughs> right, well, I'm just So, we're going do lightning rounds, and, um, and I'm just going to read a little bit of Wikipedia because it goes pretty in-depth, so...
2: Lightning round
3: begins... All over Europe, strange weather is provoking panic. Many believe the unnatural occurrences are the beginning of the apocalypse. Dr. Stephen Strange, the court magician of Queen Elizabeth I, senses that there are unnatural forces at work. He's also been asked to watch over the secret treasure of the Knights Templar, which is being brought over from Jerusalem. Elizabeth tells her head of intelligence, Sir Nicholas Fury, to bring the weapon to England safely. Fury in turn contracts blind minstrel and agent Matthew Murdoch to rendezvous with the Templar guard somewhere in Europe and secure the weapon. Later that evening, Fury and his assistant, Peter uh, Park I say the fuck his name is, Parkour. Parkour. are attacked by an assassin whom Fury disables and locks in the Tower of London. Meanwhile, the ship Virginia Maid arrives in England from the New World carrying the young Virginia Dare, the first child born in Roanoke Colony, as well as her hulking, fair skinned, blonde Native American bodyguard, Rojas. They are taken to meet the queen, only for a vulture-like assassin to snatch Virginia. Rojas quickly disables the attacker, but Virginia has transformed into a white griffin. Rojas subdues Virginia, and Stephen Strange bespells her to to human form before Fury sees her transformed. She has strange shape-shifting powers, and Strange suspects that she is the cause of the disastrous weather. Fury interrogates one of the assassins to learn who sent him. He's told that it is Otto von Doom, ruler of Lavaria, but Fury is too late to stop one of Doom's machines from killing Elizabeth with a poison gas release by dropping a pill into Aqua Regia. With Elizabeth's death, James VI becomes ruler of both England and Scotland. James is distrustful of Witchbreed, people born with magical powers and the mutants of this reality, and collaborates with Spanish High Inquisitor Enrique to blend the Witchbreed of England, headed by Carlos Javier, Javier for Elizabeth's death. Fury, a friend of Carlos and his students, is forced to take the Wishbreed to the Tower. Strange, Javier, and Fury meet there and discuss how to save the world, an act which will almost surely lead them to be branded traitors by James. Strange has learned that the treasure of the Templars and its keeper Donald and Murdoch have been betrayed and are now in the hands of Doom. Strange also learns that Doom has been holding captive four heroes from the ship Fantastic, including Fury's friend Sir Richard Reed. Knowing that James will never give him an army to march on Latveria, he conspires with the witch-breed, taking a ship levitated by Javier and his page, John Grey, across the continent. Strange, meanwhile, finds himself on the moon where he meets the Watcher Uwatsu, who tells him that the strange events are due to an anomaly he calls the Forerunner. The Forerunner is from the future, and its presence in the past has disrupted reality to the point of impending annihilation of not only Strange's world, but all other universes as well. Explaining his theory that the emergence of various superhumans on Steven's Earth is the result of the universe trying to save itself, the Watcher tells Strange that he will not be able to repeat what he's learned while he's alive. Fury, Javier, and the Witchbreed launch a successful attack on Count Doom's fortress. The four of the Fantastic are freed, and Doom is horribly scarred by what he believes is the Templar's treasure. In fact, Donald's walking stick is the true treasure, and using it, Donald becomes the Norse god Thor. Having nowhere else to go, the ship of ref- fugitives heads for the new world. In Spain, Enrique the Inquisitor, who has killed so many witch-breed, is exposed as a witch-breed himself and sentenced to be burned to the stake with his young acolytes Petros and sister Wanda. Enrique breaks their bonds and they escape on a ship of their own, also bound for America. Sir Stephen Strange is executed by James and his head put on a pike. With his magic, his spirit can still communicate in a telepathic way, allowing him to explain that the warning he received from Rwantu, now that he's no- dead and no longer bound by Owatu's original compulsion, his wife Clea takes his head from his pike and sets off for America with Virginia and Rojas. Clay believes that Strange's suspicions were wrong. Virginia is not the forerunner, it is her blonde haired blue-eyed, Native American companion. Rojas is in fact Steven Rogers, the future costume hero known as Captain America. After fighting against a future fascist government dictatorship of the 21st century run by the President for Life, Rogers was captured. Wanting to dispose of Rogers so completely that not even his ashes would remain to inspire future rebellion, the President for Life had Rogers placed in a machine which should have killed him, but instead sent him back to the 1602 timeline. This presence not only brought about a rift that will destroy the universe but also caused the heroes of the 20th century to appear centuries earlier to counter the forerunner's negative effects fury and company arrive at their own colony where they discover the rift that is tearing the universe apart javier realizing that his enemy enrique may be the key to manipulating the rift and thus saving the universe traps him and his followers in their ship however it is the former inquisitor who dictates terms james sends his uh, advisor banner and peter Parker to America with orders to kill Fury. When they arrive in America, Fury single-handedly kills all the members of their ship aside from Banner and Peter. In spite of this, Fury has almost lost his will to live. He failed to protect his queen, he has been made into a traitor to his country, and all his wealth and property has been seized and taken over by James and his favorites. Donald in the meantime turns to called, devastated by the fact that he has brought about a god who, according to his religion, should not even exist. However, Reed's analysis leaves him to believe that the final component needed to deal with the rift is lightning, and Donald is convinced to turn into the Viking god once more. Back in England, having just been crowned king, James feels that everything is going his way, but then Murdoch breaks into his chamber and warns him to know in certain uncertain terms of the consequences should anything happen to Fury or Murdoch's native island. Rojas, looking more like Captain America of old, or the future as the case may be, refuses to go back to the rift. He hopes to build a better America from the beginning. Fury tricks Rojas by pl- playing on the trust that Captain America had for the Nick Fury of his own time, knocks him unconscious, and carries the body back to a- the rift, thus going to the future himself. The Rift and the universe restore themselves, meaning the destruction of the alternate timeline. However, Uwatu the Watcher is granted a pocket universe by his colleagues in which the 1602 timeline remains intact, and where the powered refugees decide to settle in the own colony, declaring a free place for all. Meanwhile, walking in the woods with Virginia, Peter is bitten by a spider, and Banner, who shielded Peter from the energies released from when Rojas and Fury entered the Rift, has changed into a hulking grey monster. Intrigued by the events, Uwatu continues to watch the new universe, later designated Earth-311. <laughs>
2: Ta-da! And scene. And scene. Thank you, Wikipedia, for that summary of a very (laughs) dense book. Because, let's be honest, there's a lot of shit in this book. Yeah, it's a ton of shit.
3: And so, like, normally, so, even with, like, a a book, this is only eight eight issues, and normally I can read through that, like, in Mm. an hour. Um, It took me almost two hours, and I had to take some breaks. And again, it's not that it's a bad thing that there's so much there, it's just I had forgotten, like, and see, this is why I love someone like, you know, Neil Gaiman better than maybe in a sense over the Bendis is because there's a lot going on and there's a lot of dialogue but it's not wasted dialogue. There's nothing there that's like, oh, you could have said this in two words instead of 16 like, you know, Bendis does. So, but also I'm a huge I'm also, I worship the altar of Gaiman, so that could be why. Yeah.
4: We all should.
2: Well, and so I'm, I told Todd about this a little bit earlier, but so I actually used to live on the island that the Roanoke colony was on. Oh, really? um, I did a, I worked for a theater company out there, and so um, there's a couple weird discrepancies here that bugged me having been there because I actually I used to live on Virginia Dare Street. And for those of you who Ooh. don't know what the Roanoke Island is, it's also slightly they've they've changed it a lot, but it's slightly the basis for um, not the most recent season, but the season before of American Horror Story. But basically, it was a colony well before Plymouth Rock. It was a colony that was left here. They went back to... Or left in North Carolina. They went back to England to try to get supplies. What should have been just like a year trip ended up becoming like a three-year trip before they get made it back. The name of their ship was not the Virginia Virginia Maid or something like that. It was actually the Elizabeth, which bothered me too, but that's a totally different issue. Um, but so they go back to um, England, and when they come back to America, the entire colony had disappeared, which is why it's been known as the Lost Colony. They do like a big... Uh, I didn't do the Lost Colony... Um, Play or pageant that they have every year. I, I worked somewhere else, but so but all they had there was uh, the word Croatoan carved in the into the wood. So that all the white people basically just disappeared from that settlement, and they were never quite sure what happened. There's a few different theories that happened. So for me, there was the only weird thing was I'm going like that's not accurate at all. Virginia Dare was never seen again. Like they have record of her being born as the first person born in America, but outside of that, they have no idea whatever happened to them. So I mean they, hmm. but um. Anyway, so there, there's my weird useless little connection to the story is that I actually used to live on Virginia Dare Street on um, the island. Um, and so where the theater I was at, they actually had um, a museum for the Lost Colony and they had a replica of the ship that they had sailed out on and they had sailed it back to England and back at one point in time as well. Um, similar thing they've done with the Amistad as well. Like, I worked at a theater company near the Amistad. There's a lot of theater companies near major <laughs> sailing ports. It's kind of interesting. Um, There's a historical reasoning for that, actually, as well. Actually, here, I'll since I'm sick and I'm...
4: Keep going. I might, Tell me about the rigging.
2: Okay, yeah, so there is a old theater superstition about whistling backstage, where you're not supposed to whistle backstage. The actual practical reason for that is is that they used to, even going back as far as uh, Grecian theater, they used to hire sail sailors to uh, fly the scenery up and down, and so their signals for flying uh, sails on a ship were the same as that they would use for flying scenery, as they would do it with whistle codes, as to which drop to drop in. So if you were to whistle backstage, you had the possibility of having something dropped on your head, which is why it was considered bad luck to whistle inside of a theater. So there you go. There's your useless historical theatrical facts. I don't know. Does anybody else have any major thoughts they're just dying to jump in on since I'm too sick to actually make any logical sense?
1: Um, I just overall just thought it was a fun, like I said before, I, I love alternate universe stories and I like uh, unique takes on characters like like, uh, you know, like in Red Sun, making Superman a, a No, raised by Russian communists. Um, Mm -hmm. I kind of like the alternate take on this, but I also like that it did tie back into, oh, this is caused because of something that did happen in the future. Like, it almost could be continuity if you really wanted it to be. Uh, And and be just a a cool little time travel Captain America story. But at the same time, if you don't want it to be, it doesn't need to be.
2: Yeah, I didn't realize we're doing two Captain America stories in a row. I did not realize that.
4: A little bit. I think my favorite part in this whole book is where um, Rojas gets confronted and says, I think you're the thing from the future. And he's like, now that you put it that way, yeah, I guess I am. And he just kind of has this sheepish grin going on. And I'm like, that's the most like lighthearted yeah, he, moment he like, like, of the entire like, book. Of him just going, Yeah, you got me. <laughs> i rather enjoy it. You know, in this book, we um, did a book a little bit earlier called Age of X. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I must say, I like this one much better than yeah, I you liked didn't, you were not a fan
3: of I, that.
2: Either one of you. No, I was. I hated it. Hated it you, were like that. An, you were like violently angry about that one. And I, went, I, I was. Went, and, and the thing is, I could see where someone would have the exact same problem with this. If you were not familiar enough with the Marvel Universe to at least get, you know, mm-hmm. that Peter Parkour is Peter Parker and that, you know, uh, they changed the name of, I mean, Nick Fury is the same name, but you kind of have to know what his role is. Matt Murdock has the same name. But like um, mm-hmm.
4: the as a minstrel though, I thought it was great.
2: I mean, there's some there's some great little connections there, and there's some fun little choices there. But like the problem I had with and why I was violently hated Age of X was like I didn't know who the fucking these characters were because they were not X Men I was familiar with at all, and then they changed their names to be something that I couldn't get. Some of these names they've changed, but it's a clever little play because like I I don't know about everybody else, but I had that moment at the end where all of a sudden. Realize that Rojas was Rogers, and you're like, Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, oh, that was, yeah. oh right, okay. Which is part of, that's basically my drinking game where you have that realization, or when you're reading through it and you realize that like, Javier or Javert, depending on if you want to be les Mis about it or not, Xavier. is Xavier. Yeah. You're like, Oh, mm-hmm. right, okay, I get it. Yeah, and doing. actually, that was Let almost
3: you know, my me. drinking game, too. But uh, I, just, I, was like, I was like, Ah, that seems
2: too easy, so I'm gonna go with something different thanks. I'll, I'm not yeah. being easy this week, apparently. I'm slutty. I um, like that.
4: But yeah, but back to that, it's just... But they did still like hold to the names, yeah. and I don't know. After the end, I was still thinking of Age of X. It's almost kind of like a deep-cut remix of a song I didn't care for in the first place, uh-huh. or wasn't in love with, while well, this one is like the you know, like the dance version. like, oh, I know this song. Yeah, this is fun and a bit different. Yeah. So I guess going at it from that point. But yeah, but this is definitely one of those. You've got to be a fan of the material. It's not a great starting point.
2: No, it's, this would be a terrible book to read. Like, first out the gate, like this is a terrible book to be like, okay, I've never read a comic before. This is a really bad but movie. But I hear Neil you, Diamond's you, you can, good. You can I'll probably get that away one. with
1: reading it if you're familiar with the movies. Because I can't think of many characters in this book that haven't been in.
3: You have to see the movies and also like, Defts, once, like Daredevil.
1: Yeah. Well, right you don't now, need to be familiar I'm... with every character to get the book. No, but it'd be, it'd be helpful to know, like...
4: No, that's true. Like, I had no idea. Who is Doctor Strange's uh, wife? Clea? Yeah. Uh, Who's she
1: that? is Clea. Uh, she's just another magician. Call me Clea! She uh she she used to okay. be with Doctor Strange in the regular Marvel universe.
2: She has an average right. number that you can call late at night, and she'll answer no, all your. let to me now. That's, that's Cleo. Cleo. Oh, oh right, right. <laughs> Shit. Sorry. I wonder if Ma- Madam Cleo was surprised when she died. <laughs> she saw it coming. Uh-oh. Oh, so I actually, that's a funny she story. So have. there's a
3: really like um up in Midvale, uh, close to us. There's like a if you're driving up uh, 72nd, there's like this big house. It's like this this psychic works there. And my buddy used to work for a carpet cleaning company. And so they went there and they got stuck in traffic and they like, they got late. So when they got there, finally, like they tried to call them She would answer her phone. Um, she had called someone else to come clean the carpets. And when they pulled up, she's like, well, you guys are late. So like, I just called someone else. And my buddy was like, without bad deny, he's like, well, shouldn't you have known?
0: And she's like, she's like we're, we're done here. And, like walk back
3: inside.
2: <laughs> that's fucking funny. Yeah, I because I, I did hate age of X and there are some similarities to this and I, I do think that this is I, I know I feel like yeah maybe you could read it but I don't think you're nearly gonna enjoy it because part of the fun of this book because there's not a lot of jokey stuff in Mm-mm. this book it's pretty Mm-mm. dense and it's pretty not nece- like not Shakespearean in language but Shakespearean in, in conflict of like okay this person's trying to take over this and this person's trying to do this and this script's going here so it has like sort of that kind of like soap operaness I guess Going on with it, that really where a lot of the humor lies is in the playing on characters. You know who they are. You know yeah. what I mean. Like that's where the fun mm-hmm. of it is. So otherwise, it's just sort of kind of like it's it's almost like an obnoxiously serious story, unless you kind of get these jokes of like, oh, okay, that's you know, that's who this guy is supposed to be, and that's who these characters are supposed to be. Like I, I think you just, I think you just don't get part of the humor that is built into yeah, the story if you if you're not familiar with what with what these. Characters' uh, secret identities are and things yeah,
3: like that. Yeah, and the one thing I liked too was like it was it was a fun way to show uh, you know cause you, you had uh, Magneto as the as the Grand Inquisitor of the whole Inquisition, Enrique, and now he was all about mm-hmm. you know you find persecuting the the well the witch breeds or the mutants. Drink. And then yeah, and you find out the whole thing was like mm-hmm. he's like no he wanted them all delivered to him because he was trying to set up his Brotherhood. And like, when he actually says the yeah, guy we're making the Brotherhood, it was like oh that's so cool because he was only going to get rid of the ones who couldn't fit in because. You know, he had to have his own army that he could control who could just, you know, yeah. be like the sleeper cells and everything else. Mm-hmm. So it was also fun to see him still be Magneto and still have the same, you know, he's he was still a Jewish person. He was still persecuted as a child. Um, but, like, I, I at first I, I was, like, I was confused because I remember I read this so long ago I'd forgotten certain parts of it. And then, like, I remember with, you know, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch there, like, they were doing something with him, but it didn't dawn on me until, like, halfway through when he gets his beard, like, you know, about... And he's captured, like, oh, you know, it's it's when the guy comes to kill him, and you're know, like, he like
2: uses his powers to like kill the guy and push him mm-hmm. down a well. It's like, oh, it's fucking Magneto, duh. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, and I hadn't picked up on that until you mentioned it. I had just thought that it was Scarlet Witch protecting yeah. him. So it was, but that was the uh, fun. And then you say it, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, because because then it makes more sense, and it's funnier when he says, oh, this blade is of whatever steel, and he goes, well, isn't that a pity? Kind of thing, yeah. being like, oh, well, mm-hmm. you done fucked up. Now you tried to bring metal up against a guy who has magnetic powers. So, that was fun. So, yeah, there's – so, again, it's – like we said, this is, like mm-hmm. – this is not a book for beginners. It's I'd say it's more
3: intermediate if you have at least a basic understanding of X-Men. But, yeah, there's all those fun little, like – Or Marvel. Or Marvel, yeah. But all those fun little, like, oh, aha mm-hmm. moments where it's like, oh, I get that now. That's who that is. Or, like, you know, we go, oh, that's what they're doing, and this is where this person's coming from. So, it's – while the book itself is, like we said before, was dense, and there's a lot there, and it's, it's not a quick read by any means uh, – there's tons of fun little Easter eggs that, and I actually I would do want to go and actually read some of the offshoots now of the, of the Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, and uh, everything else. I've
1: read the Spider-Man one uh, just because Jeff Parker wrote it, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that much.
4: I saw Greg Pak w- yeah, wrote did, one of he, them as well he did the of Fantastic the... Four one, I
3: believe. Cool. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, speaking of fun, yeah.
3: I have a drink to go along with this book.
0: Behold, Mr. Boom. we finally fulfill the second Boom. half of our Mr. title. Boom. And make with the fire Mr. water. B, Alcoholics transform. Sure boo. So uh,
3: okay. my drink is called the Virginia Dare. And what you do is you take uh, two you take two pear slices, you put one in a mixing glass, you muddle it, you add two ounces of dark rum, half ounce of benedictine, and two dashes of angostra bitters, you shake the share of that over ice, you
2: strain into a chilled martini glass, and then you garnish with the second pear slice. Oh, that's lovely. Mine is called an Orchard Bonfire because they try to burn people at the stake or which breeds at the stake. Um, to be honest with you, I was looking for a completely different cocktail, and this showed up. And I'm like, oh, that works. That's cool. I like it. What you're going to need is orange peels uh, for oils and garnish. You're going to need 1.5 ounces of Lagavulin, I think is a scotch. Um, one ounce of Williams and hum- Humbert? Humbert 15-year dry sack Orloso Sherry extra points if you can say that out loud without choking all over it. Uh, half an ounce of St. George Spice Pear Liqueur um, and one to two bar spoons of honey syrup with equal parts of honey uh, and water combined to uh, taste. And you press the orange peel against the inside of an old-fashioned glass, set aside, stir the rest of the ingredients together with one large ice cube and a cocktail shaker yeah. for 20 seconds. Strain cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> Cocktail into glass with fresh um, large ice cube garnished with an orange peel. Uh, Todd, do you want to go next?
4: Yeah, mine is the it's called a hot honey crisp drink. It's uh, one package of um, sorry, do uh, two and a half cups of apple cider, three ounces of a ba- Baron Jaeger honey liqueur, and then two ounces
2: <laughs> of Applejack. You love that Baron Jaeger.
4: I do, and that Applejack. So you've got hot apple cider going in there and you've added that Baron Yanger and some Applejack whiskey to your lunch and you shake the shit out of that, put it in a lowball glass and you garnish with a cinnamon stick and if you want to have your girlfriend drink it too, put on some whipped cream.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Or if you just
1: want
4: to very good. If you want to feel fancy, you do the whipped cream with the cinnamon, but it's nice, hot, and warm and it's appley and sounds great.
2: Yeah, speaking of nice, heart, and warm, and disappointing, like uh, because I've been sick, I've wanted to oh, take yeah. a bubble hey, bath. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's my life. Uh, wanted, I want to take a bubble bath, and I don't have any bubble bath here. I'm really disappointed by <laughs> it.
3: If you want to fry me
2: down here, I'll put bomb. straws
3: in the water and just like, blow really hard into it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you all know I'm good at blowing. <laughs> okay. Well, why not
1: get you, me, and Todd at the <laughs> side <laughs> with, the, with the bendy straws so <laughs> oh, we don't yeah, have like, yeah. to lean over too far, and then we can all just give you a bubble bath.
4: <laughs> that's right.
1: Or I can just part. No, because then I go my nose. <laughs> that works.
3: <laughs> I showed I show my buddy your gazmo for the first time ever today, and like the, I, I forgot about the scene where the guy, like, catches oh. his sparks and keeps on throwing in people's faces.
2: Uh, Maya, what's your cocktail?
1: Uh, so, I I wanted to do a little bit of research. I actually found a a drink from the 1600s. Uh, it's, oh, wow. It's actually from the late 1600s, um, so it's slightly thematic, um, but it sounds like something that will fuck you up. Uh... I guess laborers uh, ended up drinking it, you know, after a long day. Um,
3: oh, I have a horrible joke I'm not going to make on the air.
1: But what you want to take is a 12-ounce uh, low-hop but high-malt beer, um, two ounces of Jamaican rum, one egg, one tablespoon of molasses, and fresh-grated nutmeg. And what you're going to do is keep the beer at room temperature to make it easier to heat, because you are going to heat it up. Whip the egg, molasses, and rum together in a heat-tolerant vessel. Uh, add the beer in, and then what you what you need to do is you need to have a a fire poker that is red hot. Stick it in, and don't pull it out until it stops foaming. And then grate fresh nutmeg over the top. Wow. Oh, oh, and I, did, and I, What's I, the I, I point didn't even of to give the name. Pork. It's called the poker. flip. Um, the flip. Yeah, I I don't know the reasoning for the heat, uh,
2: but now well, it might have. I mean, it, it just might have been a simple historical fact that they. Uh, well, it's that's also it's also it, purified to a certain that's, extent because like, I mean, because I, I, I was trying to look for a period cocktail as well. And most of the time, like, what you'd find is that, like, mm-hmm. rich people drink wine, poor people drink beer because they could actually – they water wasn't purified and they had a hard time purifying it. So they didn't really trust water. They always thought it was dirty. So they basically just drink beer all the time. And so um, it might have just been a way of – because you have the egg in there to somehow make sure you don't get sick from it, you know, to heat it up or do whatever. You know what I mean? It might be something like that. Right,
1: I, just, I just sent it to you well, guys, too, if you want to take a look. At okay. it. It's pretty pretty rad
2: looking. I don't know if I would try it, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, let's see, we got everybody's cocktails. Anybody else have anything they want to add about this? huh it... fuck, we're such a mess today. I am so sorry.
0: Okay, we well, fine. Are... Let's
2: get this shit over with. So, <laughs> let's jump into final grade. Okay. Break. <laughs> oh, sorry, I apologize. I'm sick. We're all tired. It's been a long fucking week. Fuck you, week. daylight savings. Fuck you, daylight savings. <laughs> uh, you.
4: That's right. It's early, but it's late. What's going it's on? It's just fucked
2: our shit. <laughs>
1: Jamie, school is never a waste of time. Since we have 15 minutes until recess,
0: please put down your pencils and stare at the front of the room. It's report card time. It's report card time. It's report card time. time. I'm so fucking thug. God,
1: please, no! 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 No!
2: First and foremost, our grade for the writing of Neil Gaiman, what do you say, Todd? Oh,
4: NA. I mean, it's Neil Gaiman. It's Gaiman. 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 Is it Gaiman, Gaiman or Gaiman, by the way? For I always so hear much. conflicting. It's, it's what Adam is. Okay.
1: Gay man. Hi. It's hey, what man.
4: Adam is. But not, what is it? Ridiculously?
1: Relentlessly gay. Relentlessly Gay? gay. Relentlessly gay. Relentlessly Relentlessly gay. gay. There you go.
4: <laughs> relentlessly gaming no, i give it an a a minus actually i don't think it's his best work but he's uh it's great it's dense it's deep but and there's no fat anywhere and it's everything mattered so i mean it was an eight issue single run so they're not there's nothing was filler so it was um paced well and it kept jumping back and forth so you kept where all the different locations, you knew what was going on here and there. So the pacing and the writing and the prose and the style, it was all great. I really enjoyed it.
2: Adam, Kay. grade for... Uh, again, it. I'm going to
3: talk I mean, I, I would put... You know, it, you put Gaiman at the best of his best, and you know, for comics, we're talking about Sandman. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, this is, again, it's top-notch. Mm-hmm. My biggest thing, like I said earlier, was that as much as I love Bendis, don't get me wrong, I love all his stuff, he's very, very wordy, and so we learned Powers, you're like, dude, stop. But... This one, yeah. it's it. There's, it's not fluff. It's like there's, it's a very bare bones dialogue and tale. At the same, as far as like what could have been put into it, but at the same time, it's very still rich and full of life. And it's, because you, yeah, you're, you're creating this world that shouldn't exist, that doesn't exist. Um, well, still, you know, at the end with Uatu with a, getting his own pocket universe, uh, but it feels like it, it. It feels like it always did. Like you didn't. It didn't feel weird until they're like, oh, by the way this is steve rogers and you're like oh that's why i think all fucked up because he's an asshole um but it, it felt like this actually could <laughs> be a, an X Men marvel universe that exists and that should be around and I, I would love to see them do like more spin-off stuff with it because i know they did the the couple with like the different characters but um it, it's, a, it's a fun world so um
2: i'm gonna go also with an a minus um i have i mean basically what everyone else has said i just my only caveat is like I'm grading it A- based on all books, but I would say based on Gaiman's other work, I would not grade it so high. So if you're you're grading Gaiman against himself, I wouldn't put it so high, but putting it against all other comics, I would say it's actually a very, very well-written book. Maya, what's your Uh, vote? I'm
1: actually going to be the poo-poo here, but not by much. Uh, I'm going to give it a B. Um, Mm -hmm. Just because Gaiman did this, and then right after he... And I remember reading them... uh, in single issues he did this and then he did the Eternals um and I just remember because this was like one of my first experiences with him uh and in in rereading it I remember Mm -hmm. kind of being I didn't hate it then I liked it I had fun with it but I didn't love it uh and I was kind of the same way with Mm -hmm. rereading it and same with Eternals I don't I didn't think his Marvel stuff uh at least those two things were as good as they could have been um I thought a little bit could have been cut out just because it was so dense and and kind of long,
2: um, but
1: but I didn't hate it. I just uh, I just don't think it's an A.
2: Then, for the art of Andy, is Ew. it Hubert, yep. and inking Richard by, Eisenhoff. well digital painting Richard yep. Eisenoff. Oh, hey, look, I got the one first time out. Hooray for me! Um, what is your grade? Mild- uh, I'm
1: gonna give it a. If I could do an in-between A-minus and B-plus, I would. Um, most of it I thought looked gorgeous. There were bits here and there that I, I thought looked a little wonky, but overall I thought it was pretty good-looking art.
4: Cool. Uh, Todd, B-minus, C-plus for me. They um, talk about it was like digital painting and then there's drawing. There wasn't a inking step. They skipped over it. And this style in the early 2000s was like mm-hmm. in vogue, I oh, well. guess would you'd say. But it's really come out of vogue again and it's just and also the way it's done looks like there's some like funky filter, like make it look like a sketch filter or something. And oftentimes, I mean, it works for it, but I don't love it or anything like that. I'm like, oh, that just looks so great. I never really thought that. I mean nothing's bad, it's just I I think the covers were absolutely fascinating with what Scott McCowan did but the um, drawings of each one it just felt unfinished for a lot of it and I'm not and I it's the style I mean it was much better than anything I can do but I don't love it I just don't think that I think that's the weakest part for me yeah C+
2: um, I'm actually gonna give it an a I actually really like this art I think it kind of speaks appropriate mm-hmm. to the time frame which they're sort of trying to tell you know I think um, it's it has an older quality to it, but maybe, I, I don't know, maybe it's just because of that, the style of the, what it was, but it, I don't know, I really like it, um, and I also, I do have to say that the covers are pretty amazing, pretty interesting. Uh, Adam, what is your vote, or uh, grade, what is your grade for uh, art? Uh, I'm going
3: I'm to be plus, I actually, I did enjoy the art quite a bit, I thought it was a really unique, interesting take. That being said, I'm kind of with Todd that some of the characters looked a bit odd, but um, like, you know, you could tell who Nick Fury was, you could tell who, like, Stephen Strange was, but every so often something seemed kind of weird and a little bit off. I like, mean, not in a bad way, because, again, this is, like, an Worlds type you know, universe, but it was, uh, no, it was fun. I liked it, and I, I don't know if I'd rush out and be like, oh, my God, I need to see what this guy did next, but it was still,
2: uh, it was still, it was fun to look at it, so. Mm-hmm. Appropriateness for Halloween, which, I'll be honest, I think this is a bit of a stretch. Thanks- but, uh, yeah. Thanksgiving? <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Hey Brian. Did I mention I'm sick and I'm on medication <laughs> and I'm just fried? Uh, appropriateness for Thanksgiving. Um, I'm I'm gonna say that I think it's kind of a stretch, so I'm gonna go with like a C. Technically, it's about early America, so you could kind of tie it into Thanksgiving, but really has no fucking nothing fucking to do with the Thanksgiving whatsoever. But uh, Todd, what's your grade?
4: You know, I'm similar there. I was reading this and thinking about the Thanksgiving aspect, and is our Rojas the um, first example of appropriation by another race? <laughs> Uh, probably it might be. I mean, before that was even a thing, right? But no, I, I well, but as well give it a C. I mean, like it is there, and you've got <laughs> elements of it. White and delight some. That hurts.
3: That's for our Utah fans.
4: <laughs> Thank you, Utah fans. Those who know it, yeah, that should hurt. But no, I'll give it a C as well. There's, I mean, you can stretch and say, say about it, but no, it's a C. Uh, I don't want uh, to I'm great. a C
3: as well. I mean, sure. it's it's it, it again. It's it's a good book, and it's fun, but I mean, the only really connection you have to Thanksgiving is the fact that when the early settlers got here, they, the Native Americans helped them survive. That's about as far as it goes.
1: Uh, Maya? I'm gonna give it, like, a D plus, Uh, just because, yeah, I mean, it's about early America, but not really Thanksgiving, uh actually did a little bit of research here and the first celebrated Thanksgiving or what I guess we consider to be the celebrated Thanksgiving wasn't until 1621 uh, so fun fun history fact there um, but yeah uh, I mean it's about early America alternate early America but uh, not so much Thanksgiving so I'm gonna give it a d plus
2: uh, useless side note I once went to uh, Plymouth Rock the day before Thanksgiving just for fun do they do um, the big uh, Cool, I think they did on actual Thanksgiving. When I was there, it wasn't necessarily a huge thing. Um, but there's like they have like it's sort of like um, it's they have like a historical colony there. You can wander yeah. through and things like that. And we kind of went the day before because we thought it'd be really crazy busy on the day of. And it was kind of it kind of was. But I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah. Spoiler alert: If you ever want to go see Plymouth Rock, it's a big fucking rock. What? It's in the water and it has a date on it. It's a big fucking rock. Go rock. Oh. If you want to go see Plymouth Rock, by all means It's a fun little road trip But it's a big fucking rock You know what it is, you've seen a rock You've seen a rock engraved with a date before You've seen what Plymouth Rock is like Put it in the ocean, you've got Plymouth Rock, congratulations Anyway, uh, overall grade uh, Let's go with Todd
4: I'll give it a B plus For me Okay. Yeah
3: uh, Adam, uh, I'll go with an A minus because again, the, the biggest part of this is the is the writing. Uh, it's a fun story. It's it accomplishes a lot in what it, in the eight issues, and um, I I remember reading it very. I remember looking back fondly when I you know read reading it as a when I was younger, and it was really cool to go back and check it out again and find out that I enjoyed it just as much. So,
1: okay, uh, Maya, uh, I'm gonna go with a B minus. Like I've kind of said before, uh, I thought it was good but not great. Um, it's fun. It's enjoyable. Uh, I, you know, say if you haven't read it, read it. But I, I don't think it's uh, like life-changing. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna leave it at a B-minus there.
2: Yeah, and I'm gonna go for just a solid B. Um, as I think about it, like I liked it. Mm-hmm. I do think that if you get annoyed by, and I've I've cl- complained about this in other books, so this is hypocritical of me not to point this out if I don't. <clears> of the look how clever I am writing. There is a little bit of that in here um of the look how clever i am i changed you know rogers to rojas and whatever i think it's actually fairly well done here but i I think that if you are suspect that you will be really annoyed by this book but i think overall it's a good book i think it's not necessarily something that i would recommend to absolutely everybody um but if you were into the marvel universe and you wanted a little bit of a deeper dive for an alternate universe story i think it'd be fun um but it's not necessarily something i would say hey you absolutely have to read this book um Cool, well then let's just jump right into recommendations before we all destroy ourselves and the world and all sorts of things. So.
0: And now it's time for recommendations. That time in the show where the panel tells you all the crap they are currently into, but will forget about as soon as they see something shiny. You're
4: a stamp tramp.
1: How dare you! And what is that? You give your stamp of
2: approval to everything, it's become meaningless. Why can't
0: you be more like your wife? Lily's stamp
2: is gold. I'm reading this book because of her. I'm drinking this beer because she recommended it. I'm even wearing this bra because of a lingerie store Lily told me about. Who wants to go with recommendations? I'll go first.
1: Uh, Lately, uh, DC has been having their Batman medal. Uh, kind of Batman event going on. Um, the, the main event isn't necessarily great, nor is it bad, but they've been doing some one shots that are basically the origins of these different dark multiverse Batman, um, and they are fantastic. They are a lot of fun, and I would recommend checking them out.
2: Cool, um, Adam. So I,
3: I've only played a little bit of it, but uh, Wolfenstein <laughs> 2 just came out. I had to buy it because it pissed off all the Nazis in America because you're killing Nazis. Because apparently they've never played video games for the last 30 some odd years. Um, mm-hmm. So far the game's really fun. It's really cool. It's an alternate uh, America where uh, the Nazis actually won World War II and took over America, and you're fighting back against them. But I got the special edition, and it's really cool because it comes with like an old school like 13 inch like. Uh, Billy Blazkowicz character, who's like the character you play, um, and it's kind of like one of those like old school like GI Joe dolls from like the 60s. So if you can find it, it's really fucking cool. But it's like, and it's actually like it's it releases like uh, propaganda that they would give to like the Nazi children because it's like he like like oh it's yeah, it's BJ Terror Billy, you know, blah this and that. And he's like the most terrorist, you know, the most creepy bad guy alive. And, like so, it's about the fact that he's killing Nazis, so everyone's freaked out about it.
1: So. Hey, and that's an alternate America,
4: so that ties yeah, in. so it
3: ties into our our story. So. That works great. But yeah, if you want to go have fun killing Nazis and um, like as, as well, you should and stuff. It's fun. So.
1: And I've I've watched him play what little bit he played, and uh, my favorite is seeing him bash Nazis in the face with a hammer.
4: Mm-hmm. That sounds awesome.
2: Odd, uh, do you want to try to give us your recommendation?
4: So I've been buying way too many trades lately. Um, one I bought off the name alone, and I had a, re- and I did it, and it's not bad, and it is titled. Todd, the ugliest kid on earth. <laughs> so by name of like, alright, I've got to pick this up. And this it really isn't bad, it's by... Hmm? Is this a biography that you wrote? No, no, it's not an autobiography. Because <laughs> I'm an uglier man, I was a cuter kid. I'll give you that. But it follows this... uh and he just walks around with a paper bag on his head because apparently he's so hideous that no one can actually look at him so he permanently has a paper bag over the top of his head and he makes friends with a child molesting serial killer and has no idea and he goes through on all these other adventures and volume 2 has a cover Spacey? hmm? no he's not quite Kevin Spacey or Joseph <laughs> Smith level yet but he is plugging away but it's a lot of fun it's a riot and Fast, so it's there's also a nazi swastika character and there's the aryan nation involved so todd the ugliest kid on earth one should read that that's what i have to recommend
2: and then my recommendation is a book that was just recently recommended to me and i think the first trade is out uh it's by jeff lemire it's called royal city um and it is a hauntingly beautiful comic i guess is the best way i can describe it it's a about a uh, a family in uh, sort of a, an old uh dying midwestern-ish town um and they had a family tragedy and everyone uh and they everyone's come back to town because their father has now had a stroke and uh they all are kind of haunted by the ghost of uh one of the sons siblings uh who drowned as a small child and they all have their own different version of him some of them, uh, his ghost has grown up, and some of them he'll always be the little kid. Um, and in the parents, they view him as you know uh, different aspects as well. But it's all—it's this sort of uh, this family who is all sort of dealing with uh, this weird, interesting, dark pain uh, in their own different, interesting ways. Uh, but it's—it's it's a gorgeous book. Like it's—it's it's just really. It kind of reminds me of those sort of like great. Uh, Sort of uh, novels, like sort of great American novel type stuff, just a really sort of intimate family portrait story uh, that has some, like, has a really raw, real feeling to it, which I really nice. enjoyed the hell out of. So, um, yeah, not your normal comic, but just really pretty and really emotional in a really raw sort of sense. But, well, cool. Well, that will do it for us this week. Next week we are going to be finishing off for a month of random holidays because I don't know if you celebrate this or not, but there is an occult day. Somewhere in the last week of November, and I should have been better about this and wrote it down. But to celebrate the occult day, we are going to be reading the first book of Hellboy, uh, the first trade, which is called *Seed of Destruction*, which I read many, well, maybe about a year ago or so. Uh, So, basically, it's um, it's a little bit of an origin story. It's a little bit of a, 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 a an occult mystery. Um, and it's about uh, the son of Satan who has uh, landed on this planet and is now trying to uh, solve uh, crimes and things of the occult uh, in nature. Um, if you haven't read any Hellboy, obviously this is a good way to jump in because it's the very first place of it. But it's a it's a fun little book. And I'm, so, I'm and I'm
1: excited. Uh, uh, just staying on track with that uh, for the new Hellboy movie with uh, David Harbour, who plays Sheriff Hopper in yes. Stranger Things. I think he's going to be amazing.
2: I think it'll be great. I think it'll all be really fun. Uh, I'm I'm excited for those, uh, and I think it'll be good. And I, I really, I actually kind of I prefer the Hellboy comics to the the Guillermo del Toro movies. Not that I don't like Guillermo del Toro, but I just the movies just don't quite capture it as much. And like the graphic style of Hellboy, I really love uh, just the way that it's drawn. I think it's very interesting, and uh, uh, it reminds me a lot of if you want to get real nerdy about it, um, Sal Bass, who was a uh, an art director uh, in the 1960s, uh, most famous, he did the uh, the logo for the movie Psycho, um, he also did a, a great poster for a movie called The Man with the Golden Arm, but he's also notably known for actually designing the shower sequence from the movie Psycho, he's the one who supposedly went through and designed where all those cuts should be and what all the angles and shots should be. So, there's a little bit of discrepancy and argument about who did what on that, but anyway, his art style has some very sim- close similarities to what you'll find in Hellboy. So, yeah.
3: And speaking of that Also going back to the Psycho thing Is that the uh, It's it's in Really limited release In theaters And you can only Rent it right now On Amazon Or on uh, Vudu But you've got 78.52 And it's the documentary That just It's an hour and a half long And it breaks down And discusses The, um, the setups and, sh- and cuts Of just the shower scene From Psycho Oh yeah so and it's like I was looking at for 4 because they talked about it on on Geek Show and I was like, where the hell is it? And like, it's only available to rent. You can't even like buy it yet on digital, but it's out there. So I mean, it's, it's definitely on my list to to hopefully watch this a couple days.
1: Should we put a bullet in this thing? At
2: least for the logo. Yeah, I think of we God. It Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's send it off to the glue factory. Yay. Okay. Sorry, old friend. Send it back to the cornfield. <laughs> Join us next week for *Hellboy*. Hopefully, we will have our shit together by then. Love y'all. Love y'all. Take Thanks. it easy. Thanks. Bye.
0: So that happened. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of Knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at Firewatercast. Go to FunnyBooksandFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information. As well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop to keep your bartender well and stay hydrated.